You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of football watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. The Packers injury report is long. We could be, I could spend the next 25 minutes just talking about the injured players. And the big name that popped up on Friday was Aaron Jones. It was a little bit of a freak thing. All of a sudden, the calf tightens up and he goes from everything's good to go to, hey, uh, he might not play on Sunday. Now, luckily for the Packers, the Texans defense passing or running is really bad. And particularly the run defense is one of the worst in football by EPA per play minus garbage time, the worst in football. So... Uh, It is not going to be the end of the world for the Packers run game to not have Aaron Jones. You put in Jamal Williams. You put in A.J. Dillon. I wanted to see more A.J. Dillon this week anyway, simply because the Texans struggled so hard tackling Derrick Henry or anyone, not just Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is hard to tackle. So it's it's not an indictment really of the Texans that they couldn't tackle Derrick Henry. No one can tackle Derrick Henry. But particularly the secondary, they don't tackle really well. And the linebackers are inconsistent. They're they're undersized. So what do you do? More tight ends, more running backs, and power running backs, which is what Green Bay looks like. They're going to go into the game on Sunday. Now, Aaron Jones met with the media uh, after uh, the announcement came out that he was hurt. And he said, look, I, I want to play. I'm, I'm going to be ready to go on Sunday. It's the doctor's call on whether or not I can go. We know what that means in Packers parlance. I want to play. The doctors are probably not going to let me play. Devontae Adams was good to go. He thought uh, Kevin King looked pretty close to good to go last week and was not able to go. Now Kevin King goes from practicing to not practicing on Friday, and now he's doubtful. He joins David Bakhtiari and Darnell Savage as doubtful for this game. You don't have your corner. You don't have your safety. That's a big deal when you're playing Deshaun Watson and you're playing uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and Randall Cobb and all of the weapons that they have at their disposal. Now, Green Bay has proven that they can make this work on the offensive line. So David Bakhtiari's injury is not a deal breaker. Now, you're going to see more J.J. Watt lined up against whoever is out there at left tackle. They have a lot of options. Do you slide Elton Jenkins out to left tackle and put in John Runyon Jr. and just keep everything else the same. Do you leave Billy Turner, who's been really good at right tackle, coming off his worst game, is really his only bad game of the season, and put Rick Wagner out at left tackle? Do you put Rick Wagner at right tackle and Billy Turner at left tackle? There are a lot of different options. 
it is a luxury for the Packers to be able to go into not just this week with J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless on the table, but any week feeling like they have three guys who can play offensive tackle when one of the best in football is out. Most teams don't have two quality offensive tackles. Green Bay might have four when you think of Turner, Wagner, Jenkins, and of course, David Bakhtiari. So they're going to be able to weather this storm. You hope it's a short-term thing. But if it's not, if they can make it through Sunday and and beat the Texans, they get a Vikings team next week who just traded Yannick Ngakwe, which we haven't talked about on this show since it happened. The Vikings are waving the white flag. So not only is Daniel Hunter not going to be around the rest of the season, he's hurt, and you now you have Ngakwe gone. They have no pass rush whatsoever. And so you don't have David Bakhtiari. It's not that big a deal. Now, you want him against the 49ers, but the 49ers are a depleted version of themselves as well. Sounds like D Ford is not going to be around. Nick Bosa, of course, out for the season. So things, these injuries, while you know troubling in a vacuum, you obviously don't want to have guys hurt. They may be coming at opportune times for the Packers. You want to make sure that J.J. Watt does not spoil your game because defensively he's the only guy on that side of the ball who can do it. The The Buccaneers have multiple guys who can wreck your game. Devin White, Levante David, Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea if he were healthy. And it looks like Carlton Davis is becoming that kind of guy. They have a bunch of guys who can do that. Green Bay uh, doesn't. Uh, and so they have to figure that out. Now, luckily, offensively, you have this offensive line that is coming off its worst performance of the season. J.J. Watt, you have to account for. Everyone else, you're probably going to be okay. So in terms of the impact that David Bakhtiari has on this on this game and the injury, it's not the end of the world because Green Bay is in such a unique position. Not having Darnell Savage is something that I'm, I'm much more concerned about. If he can't go, then that means more Adrian Amos in, in the free safety spot. It means more Will Redmond on the field, which I don't think is ideal. And it, it luckily, it means more Raven Green, who I think is starting to play his way into a meaningful role for this team. It's not a week where you matter where it matters that much what's going on at linebacker because the Titans don't, or the Texans, excuse me, don't really have a, a tight end that you worry much about. These running backs are not big parts of the passing game, certainly not split out wide. So it's not really a, a major problem uh, in terms of what's going on in the box. It's the big place. It's Will Fuller down the field. It's Brandon Cooks down the field. It's Randall Cobb breaking one tackle and being one-on-one with your safety, and now you've got you've to be the last line of defense player. That's a pretty big question when you're dealing with an offense captained by Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is really good. He's playing extremely well. And Mike Patton said it this week in his press conference. This is the best group of receivers they will see or that they have seen this season. And it's probably the best group of receivers they will see all season. You don't have that super duper star at the top. But you do have three good, capable, explosive receivers. Now, what's interesting, and and my colleague at Packer Report and and friend of this show and friend to me, Jake Morley, pointed out that the Texans are actually in the middle of the pack in terms of attempts 20-plus yards down the field, Green Bay in the top 10. You hope that continues. You hope that the, the injury to Darnell Savage, if he can't go, and it's a quad injury, you hope that if he can't go, it doesn't encourage them to start 
taking some of these shots. You hope that that's not, okay, well, now it's time to go, and they don't figure it out this week. I I don't know why they don't push the ball down the field more, especially with Fuller and Cooks. They're ideally suited to that kind of game plan, but frankly, I don't understand a lot about what's going on in Houston and the kinds of things that they do, so let's hope they don't figure it out. Part of the problem is their protection. They struggle to protect Deshaun Watson. Part of that is Watson holds the ball, and part of that is you have um, an offensive line that is very inconsistent. They have some young talent on the on the tackles. Laramie Tunsil is a very good player, but the interior is soft. This is a week for Zadarius Smith to eat and for Kenny Clark to eat and for Kingsley Kiki to eat. So you have a situation where you can get right. I talk a lot about get right games, right? The Packers didn't need very many last year. And and usually when I said this is a get right game, it wasn't. That was back in 2018. I kept saying, you know, this is the week. This is the week. Okay, not a, not a thing. But uh, you have a, a situation where you are coming off this dreadful performance, and now you have an offensive line that struggles to protect a quarterback who likes to hold the ball, and you're getting your guys back. So Kenny Clark. Kingsley Kiki on the inside slides Darius Smith in. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary is getting healthy. You have a chance now to go hunt in a way that you didn't maybe last week because Tom Brady was getting the ball out. Ben Fennell pointed this out. There were more blitzes last, last week than in most of the previous games. And they just didn't get home because Tom Brady kept getting the ball out. Well, that's not really what Deshaun Watson does. And as long as the Packers don't turn it over, I think they're going to be able to get enough pass rush. They're going to be able to get enough points offensively. I think the offense is going to be fine. Uh, but I, I think from a defensive standpoint, that's where you have your concerns because this this Houston team can score. You need the pass rush to show up. Sedarius and Preston Smith met with the media today, and they said, "Look, these are this is going to come. This is we're going to heat up here. Their priority is stopping the run first, and and." Maybe that's true. I mean, that's never really been Mike Patton's priority before. Maybe they've they've made some tweaks to approach this year, and it's showed. By the way, they are a better run defense, uh, especially lately than they than they had been. So maybe that's something that they can build on moving forward. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Go. You've heard me talk about Built Bar. Well, this is an alternative in terms of creating energy for your body, plus it combines the protein. It's one and a half ounces. It's just a little just a little package put in your briefcase, put in your golf bag, or put it in your pocket just to have it whenever you need it. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash ceiling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors. Usually, these kinds of things taste so bad, and these don't. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, they are delicious because... Same people that make them make the best tasting protein bar ever. I'm not joking. The best protein bar, tasting protein bar ever. Right now, go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. 
But what is academic medicine? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine happens through a partnership between a medical school and its affiliated hospitals and clinics, and academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find groundbreaking cures and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Freighter and the MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. I want to talk about some of the, the stuff that's out there in terms of the rumors and, and things that are flying as we're recording this. It's being reported that Antonio Brown is visiting Tampa Bay. Uh, the, the two sides are motivated to get that deal done. It looked like Seattle was the only team at first that that had that interest. Uh, Tampa Bay had previously had interest. Tom Brady has previously uh, pushed for Antonio Brown and, and pushed for Antonio Brown uh, in New England. Apparently, that's um, you know something that by the time, who knows, by the time you're listening to this, we may have more information on that. What we what we know from uh, reporting today that that I have done and that others have done, the Packers are are calling on receivers. So they're trying to to do something, and and maybe not some of the names that you're used to hearing. Um, I, for example, I don't think John Ross is going to be one of the guys. I I. Based on the conversations that I've had, I just don't think that's going to be uh, the direction that they go. I think they're taking some bigger swings on this. Uh, there aren't that many options, though. You think of Dante Pettis, and we've talked about Pettis on this show before. I don't know if that's a, a direction the Packers would go specifically because of the connections to the team. For all the reasons that we have to think that he would pick it up and, and if he's good, thrive in this Packers offense are the reasons that you'd be worried about it because he has familiarity with Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur's brother, and they don't think he should play. So I said this on Twitter, even if you remove all of those connections, just say, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't think you're good enough and he sees you every day in practice and you've been on the team multiple seasons that he's been the head coach, if Kyle Shanahan sees you every day in practice and he decides, no, nah, that guy can't help me, I can't, I can't do anything with him, you probably can't play. So I don't know if Pettis moved it, but the Packers liked Dante Pettis. Packers liked him pre-draft. And there was some reporting at the time that one of the reasons San Francisco moved up to get Pettis was because the Packers liked him and they were going to take him. So it is something to keep in mind. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. There are some other uh, options out there. I think Jamison Crowder is, is on the table. He's someone that makes sense. The Jets suck. I mean, they're really bad and he's not that expensive. So we're talking about, you know, 4 million, 5 million somewhere in there for the rest of the year. And then Green Bay could move on from him with, with, I think a million in dead cap if they don't want to have his contract next year. And then the other name that I, that I think makes a ton of sense is one of the guys that they're going up against this week, Will Fuller. And the the contract for Randall Cobb, although there's been some rumors that that they could move on from him, uh, the contract makes that a little untenable um, because of the guaranteed money. There's just of those three, there's no reason that you'd move on from him given the money that you've invested. Now that was Bill O'Brien, not the current administration. Still, I don't know why you'd eat that money given their their cap situation. 
similarly with Brandon Cooks, they can move on from Cooks with no cap implications past this year. So they could trade him. There's no dead money. There's no issues. But they can also cut him this offseason if they want to. And there's there's no problem on their cap. So it doesn't really help them. Will Fuller is in the last year of his deal. Uh, he's making $10 million this year. And he probably is not coming back. They, they don't have the resources, in all likelihood, given where the cap is going to bring him back. He's also the most desirable of those three. You could probably get a second and stuff for him. He's He is definitely better than anyone that was moved at the deadline last year. Emmanuel Sanders went for a third and a fifth. You'd probably need to go a two and maybe a four, maybe more, you know, a four that could turn into a three, something like that. If you think about the way that this geometry uh, would work offensively, Fuller is the perfect guy because not only is he the guy that can take the top off and he can because of that, it's he's really hard to press because if you press him, he's gone. And so he his, has become a much better underneath receiver because he takes advantage of the fact that you can't press him. And now on comebacks, on slants, things that Jordy Nelson used to kill guys on because they were afraid he was going to run by him. Will Fuller can do that in this offense. Will Fuller also was at Notre Dame. Matt LaFleur has that connection there. So there even is a connection uh, that, that could play into Green Bay's favor. Uh, and he's just the perfect guy. Now the question is going to be cost. And whether or not the the Texans are willing to to uh, deal him, there's also been this discussion about J.J. Watt. I there's a lot of smoke about from Houston beat writers about the possibility of a J.J. Watt trade and and would they move on? Could they move on? He is of course an icon in Houston and beloved in Houston. All of those things are true about Green Bay too. And in Wisconsin, at least. So that that's not the Texans' fault. That's not their prerogative to, to say, okay, well, you're beloved in Wisconsin, so we're going to send you there. Uh, the question is going to be, again, cost. Because the Packers can absorb the money. They can figure that stuff out. It's going to be how much are they looking for? Because if it's going to be a second and a third, it's just a no. I just It's too much. Um, you might consider that for Will Fuller, though, uh, although the injuries would scare you there. I just, the, the fit, with Fuller is such that it would make sense. Watt, Watt also would be under contract. Um, so you have him next year. Now it's an unpalatable number, You, but you could cut and restructure and he could agree to restructure. He could agree to restructure now. That would be the benefit is then you could try and figure out something that would work longer term with him. So I, I very much think a J.J. Watt uh, deal could still happen. Uh, Matt Steinman talked uh, about this in The Athletic earlier this week. You get them both. You get them both. I would do a second and a third for Will Fuller and, and J.J. Watt. Now the, now, the money, the cost in terms of the salary cap would be tough. You'd have to figure something out. You'd have to accelerate some bonus. You'd have to restructure. You'd have to extend Devontae Adams, something like that. So that would be difficult, but not totally crazy, not totally out of the realm of possibility. If you look around, there really aren't that many other options. I mean, A.J. Green probably not going to get traded. And then the other bad teams are really not in a position to do anything. The Vikings have no one to send Green Bay. They're not going to trade Adam Thielen and would probably not deal with Green Bay anyway. Atlanta is not sending Julio Jones because the money is crazy. It's crazy. Don't send me any more Julio Jones trade requests. They're not doing it. Atlanta's not trading him. 
it doesn't make any sense. Financially, it makes no sense. So would it be cool? Yes. Is it happening? Less than zero is the chance. And, and in the AFC, everyone feels like they're in it. You know, it, it's a pretty wide open AFC. So, and everyone in the NFC East is is still in the mix. So Michael Gallup has been suggested. If Dallas is going to punt on the season, I just don't, I just don't see that. I don't see that. Now, they just paid Amari Cooper a bunch of money. CeeDee Lamb is a rookie. And they have cap problems because Dak Prescott is going to get paid probably. So, I mean, if they're going to give him up, yeah, you probably give a second for Michael Gallup and and not think twice about it. He's a really good player. And a second for Green Bay would probably not be the best offer Dallas could get. They could probably get someone else to give them a higher second. Because if the Packers get Michael Gallup, it's just a wrap. I mean, he is awesome, and they would have easily the best offense in football if, if they had Gallup, Lazard, and Adams. Lazard, by the way, probably going to be back sooner than later. That is just what I've been told. So I don't think any of the trade rumors or or the, the fact that Green Bay is calling is based on his prognosis. I, he's going to be back in the next couple of weeks, it seems like. So you're getting someone to to be an addition to him, not a supplement or a replacement for him because of the injury. So just just think that's worth mentioning here. There really aren't that many other options and certainly not not many that move the needle. Curtis Samuel, does that move the needle? I don't think so. And and Carolina is in that division race. They're in the playoff race. So these bad teams, they've got to be willing to move on. That really leads the leaves the Jets with Crowder. I think that's real and and the Texans. And Fuller is the one that makes the most sense. He moves the needle the most. Of course, he would cost the most. But it's it's a move worth making. I don't I don't think there is anyone who would be more perfect for what Green Bay needs than Fuller. And he just so happens to be on a bad team. For all the reasons we talked yesterday about JJ Watt being someone who, you know, could move um after the it makes it more likely they would move on from Watt if the Packers win. Fuller is the same way. You're punting on the season, season's over. And you're you're just getting picks to recoup the picks that you've given up in bad trades before. So as we finish up, um, I think this is a game that Green Bay, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, it, it's a game that I think Green Bay wins 31-27. I think they're gonna they're gonna have no problem scoring, but I do think Houston is going to be able to score because they can throw the ball so effectively. Deshaun Watson is really, really good. Uh, But I do think the Packers pass rush shows up a little bit in this game. I think there could be some, I don't want to say garbage time because I don't think it's going to be garbage time. But if you watch that Titans game, the the Texans went down 14-0 in that game. Now, eventually they take the lead and it's got to be a back and forth at the end with Tennessee. I I just think that it's the kind of situation where Green Bay is is not going to have any problems Throwing it, they're not going to have any problems running it. And I just don't see how how Houston is going to be able to slow this offense down. They have been bad all year. Uh, they don't tackle well. They don't consistently create pressure, although they do get some some sacks because they have Watt and Merciless and those guys. The, the secondary is not good enough, and the linebackers aren't good enough. Now, I think this is going to be a week for, for Jay Sternberger to make some plays. Mercedes Lewis dealing with an injury. Um, Robert Tunyon, by the way, it's Tunyon we learned yesterday. Packers PR, not Tunyon, which I've been saying wrong. Bobby, Roberto, Robert, I apologize. I'm sorry. 
we have a lot of names for you, but we need to make sure we're saying your last name correctly. As someone who gets their last name mispronounced all the time, uh, I, I apologize for saying your name wrong for multiple seasons. Tunyon. Tunyon. Robert Tunyon. All right, cool. We're done on that. I think the tight ends are going to have a big day because I don't think these linebackers are very good. Um, I, I like Cunningham, but uh, the other the other linebacker whose name escapes me uh, because he's not very good. Um, he, I think you can take advantage of him. Uh, his name's Tyrell Adams. So it is a game where I think Green Bay is is set up. The things that you need to recover from last week, the passing offense is going to have. Um, they're going to have space to operate because the, the Texans can't make them play left-handed. The Bucs were able to stop the run and make Green Bay play essentially only through the passing game. Houston is not going to be able to do that if they sell out to stop the run uh, and they, they do like to play big. Green Bay, I think, is going to be able to create big plays down the field. Um, and it could be a game where you have MVS who makes a couple of big grabs. Um, you, you know, you get a, a leak play, something like that. Uh, and, and then you have a situation where, you know, you can pretty much do whatever you need to do, even without Aaron Jones, um, even without, you know, David Bakhtiari and, and the full complement of players at your disposal. I think they're going to have no problem. I think it's going to be similar to what we saw in the Monday night game uh, with the Falcons. Um, they'll, they'll get to 30 because they're going to get to 30 against non-Bucks defenses pretty much every week. And I... I I think it'll be enough for Green Bay to get a win. Uh, next week, what we're going to do is this live show is going to be actually at 530. Uh, I want to I make sure more people are able to, to watch and, and get set and, and find us. It's also more convenient for uh, my five-month-old son's schedule because right now uh, my wife and mother-in-law are in the other room desperately trying to keep him quiet so that he's not being heard on this show. Eventually, he will be heard from, of course, uh, but uh, not right now. So uh, a, a lot a, a lot uh, to, to try and work around, but we're going to make it work. So 5.30 Central next week for the live show. And of course, we're going to be back on Monday to talk about the game. 31-27 Packers. They win, they cover, and you hit the over. Hit the over. I think the over is 58, 57 and a half. Um, so that's that's where we're going. That's what we're doing. And then it's Vikings the week after who have given up on the season. So a couple games against some bad teams. These are the games to bank wins. Go, go beat San Francisco in a short week, and you can still be the number one seed. All is not lost. We had someone on the in the Periscope say, you know, I'm worried about what happened last week. Why are you so confident after last week? It's just one game, and it was a pretty weird game, a, a pretty wonky game, an anomalous game, if you ask me. And and I think they'll prove that here moving forward. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.